0: Hello and welcome back to InfraDig, the podcast series run by IJ Global, Infrastructure Journal. Today we turn our eyes towards Greece and take a look at a new infrastructure fund that has been launched where the goal is to make a difference. Now we at IJ Global are suckers for an ESG story, but only where we believe it sits a long way from greenwashing and virtue signaling. But enough of the chit chat. One of my colleagues at IJ recently fielded a complaint that I'm overly garrulous in my introductions imagine taking time out of your day to phone up the IJ support team to complain that I bump my gums too much on podcasts truly it takes all sorts but maybe they've got a point so with brevity in mind let me make my introductions me I'm Angus Leslie Melville and I'm editorial director of IJ global infrastructure journal I have with me Teresa Farmaki, co-founder of Astarte Capital Management. Astarte is an asset management firm focused on the sustainable and real asset sector, acting as anchor investor and partner to specialist Emerging Managers. Astarte is headquartered in London with a presence in Sydney and Toronto. Teresa Farmaki, meanwhile, is co-founder and managing partner alongside Stavros Siokos. At Astarte, Teresa is responsible for investment and portfolio activities, including evaluating, negotiating and structuring investments across across these sectors. Before. Founding Astarte, Teresa was head of private equity for a multi-family office where she oversaw the investment strategy and investment selection for fund investments and co-investments. Teresa, welcome to Infrodig.
1: Hello and thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you.
0: (laughs) Great to have you here. Now, I, I was really brief in my introduction of you. Would you care to expand briefly on what I've said about you?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And my career has been primarily around what people refer today as real assets. It wasn't always Mm -hmm. the case at the time. In fact, it was more uh, power generation, utilities. I very quickly developed a specialization for renewable energy, Mm -hmm. Um, and since then, the broader real assets uh, sector, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, well, thank you for that. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's get down to business. We're here to chat about Astarte Capital Management. Teresa, can you please set the scene? Tell us a bit about Astarte and how you offer a differentiated proposition to LPs. And beyond that, please correct me if I'm wrong. You're not just a direct investor.
1: Absolutely, you're spot on. And in fact, your opening line is probably as accurate as it can be within a, a sentence. Um, we, uh, we, of course, invest our own capital in real assets, but we go beyond direct investments. We like to act as long-term strategic partners to specialists on the ground and help them build out a broader in- capital base and investor access, uh, build out their investment platform, funds, co-investment vehicles, whatever form is suitable for their strategy. But in any case, help them build a more um, sticky, long-term, patient and repeat capital base than just our capital. We want to be the the strategic on the first point to help them get there. Um, Our view of the world is that in real assets, operating expertise is key. You don't need you 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 need to have the money, of course, but it's not just that, right? (laughs) You need to know what you're doing.
0: (laughs) You need to have
1: the right hands for the job, exactly. So we believe that the world today needs specialists on the ground, especially in a world that is becoming increasingly competitive, correct? And crowded. You need people on the ground, specialists to discover and manage and build those really good opportunities. And um, again, within this broader environment, building long-term relationships that you can trust and they are based on trust is key. And it's efficient both for investors and for managers, we believe. Hence, uh, our approach is to help investors on one hand and our sector experts and specialists on the ground, on the other hand, build much more than just find capital for their next investment. And hence, we go beyond just direct investing, we feel.
0: Mm. And uh, are, are there any sectors, I mean, you, you've fleshed out uh, your personal career in the energy space and renewables. Are there, are there any sectors that you specifically focus on that are particularly interesting to Astarte?
1: No, absolutely. Um, the number one thing for us is mm. to invest in thematic opportunities or segments of the market, meaning mm-hmm. we like to follow macro trends or we like to believe that the area we invest is an area where there is fundamental need for capital investment in the long term because of how the world is changing or how we want to change the world. And that's very much embedded in what we find, we believe in sustainability in the first place, correct? We want, we are institutional investors, we represent institutional investors primarily. And we feel we have a responsibility to use this capital and direct this capital in the places where it makes more sense, correct? In yeah. where we want to go as a society. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, f- the number one thing for us is what are the big macro themes, right, that we need mm-hmm. to, to provide solutions for? So need for food, need mm-hmm. for a cleaner planet, move towards mm-hmm. net zero, population growth. These are the main things that are important to us and we're following through and therefore we are investing and we're focusing very much in assets and solutions within the broader waste management space, uh, within the pro- 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 production of protein and uh, natural capital, as we call it. So forestry is uh, something we are very much known out there uh, and we intend to do much more and fo- keep focusing in the long term. Uh, the agricultural space, uh, uh, as well as of course, more traditional energy transition, which is extremely as well as important. So uh, these are the main themes we are looking into, these are the main places, and we feel that this is at the heart of sustainability.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, we, we often have discussions at IJ Global over what sectors we should be looking at beyond infrastructure and energy. And for a long time now, I've been banging on that, uh, um, well, prop, uh, agriculture, for a start, is quite clearly moving into the infrastructure space. And beyond that, forestry as well, um, all part of sustainable investments. And I do think we're going to see an awful lot more activity on that front in the years to come.
1: I couldn't agree more perfectly because few people have realized how much demand supply imbalance exists for forestry, for primary wood production, and okay. especially, of course, sustainable wood, right? Not yeah. anything that is of illegal uh, lodging. So people are very eager, and all companies have been very active and proactive to set targets, right, for paper-based products, replacement of plastics, or other uh, more carbon-intensive, I guess, materials with paper-based products. But very yeah. few follow the value chain. Is there enough paper to support that, uh, those targets. And there isn't. There yep. was a study, actually, that um, even if all land that is available to be planted today is planted, there, there still wouldn't be enough to, <sighs> to produce all that paper, right? So for us, we right. have made it a key focus of our investment strategy mm-hmm. to, de- to help develop and manage more sustainable forests up there with commercial mm-hmm. and ESG, of course, targets.
0: Which feeds then into your waste management. We actually had out an award this week to Vobin for um, Paprec in France, which is a particularly interesting uh, company um, dealing with uh, sorting paper waste, etc. Mm-hmm. Not just paper waste, waste, but there's a large amount of that. So interesting. I, I think I've really covered off my second question without meaning to by going off off script there. Um, but. Um, Let's take uh, any part of that and uh, see if you'd like to expand on it. So, um how do you decide on where to invest? I'm really stripping out the element mm-hmm. of that question. No, no. <laughs> um, and, 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 and can, can we space, pay special attention to ESG uh, components? Yes. You know, this is really important to us, especially yeah. this week. Uh, for the benefit of the listener, uh, this podcast is recorded on Friday, 21 October, and we at IJ Global hosted our second ESG Awards Night in London. So, I really feel this is our ESG week. So, for you, how do you Decide on where to invest in infrastructure and ESG. Over to you, Teresa.
1: No, absolutely, and thank you for the question. To your to your point, um, ESG and sustainability is at the core basically, of the selection we make. Mm -hmm. The thematic side, I think I explained. I wouldn't want to take more time on that, but I hope I conveyed how the the selection of the sector and the type of Mm -hmm. asset is very much something we find captures positive aspects, right, of of ESG. The other part that is extremely important is to select the right partner. And for us, ESG and sustainability plays into that as well. We Mm -hmm. want to be backing people that we feel share the same values with us the same goals and the same uh, thought process or work ethic. So we have uh, developed an ESG framework. We're actually very proud of that because we have spent a a lot of time to develop a very dedicated proprietary framework that is not only backward-looking, what people refer to as, let's analyze how something has performed in the past, right, with respect to ESG, but also forward-looking. Uh, what can we improve on that? So we are happy to invest in assets or segments of the market that have not been performing very well with respect uh-huh, to ESG, uh-huh. but have very visible targets of improving. That's uh-huh. impact as well for us, right? And that's, that serves a purpose. So it's uh, it's both of these elements. And that ESG framework is something that we use during our investment process, uh-huh. selection process, but also after. Uh-huh. We use that framework to help our partners and the assets develop their own specific targets Mm -hmm. that are measurable and material. Mm -hmm. Because in the end of the day, our principle is that you can, if it's not measurable, then it it may end up being just a wishful thinking, right? You need to be able, correct? You need to be able to demonstrate that you did something.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) If if there's not a metric around it, then it doesn't exist. Couldn't agree more. Mm. So,
1: So for us, the selection is criteria around both the sector, the asset, but also the right partner. And That's going it. back to how we st- the initial posi- opening, I guess, uh, point, we're not just a direct investor, right? We are mm-hmm. a strategic partner mm-hmm. to specialists on the ground to help them build their business. So mm-hmm. that that team is as important to us as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's bring it home and talk about Greece now. Yes. Um That feels a little bit unfair because Astarte Capital (laughs) Management is an international organization. You, I believe, are Greek and your co-managing partner is also Greek. Um, But uh, this this Greek fund, I'd like to know a bit more about it. And for the listener's benefit, again, it was really the launch of the Greek fund that prompted this podcast, as I thought it was just a little bit unusual and not without its challenges. Uh, Teresa, tell us more.
1: Thank you, absolutely, very happy to. And in fact, you're right, it's probably, it is the first Greek-specific infrastructure fund that mm-hmm. uh, that is being launched. Um, as you said, Astarte is an international firm. Mm-hmm. Our strategy is international, geographic focus, and everything else we've been doing is actually not in Greece and don't uh, look specifically into Greece. Mm-hmm. At the same time, both the two co-founders, Stavros mm-hmm. and myself, are of Greek origin, and we have had... Uh, um, a dedicated experience of private equity and real assets in Greece. So it's mm. a mark. Greece is a market we know quite well from yes. the private market yep. side. Now, Greece has been a country, and it's widely known for that that yes. was particularly hit by the financial crisis. Oh, yeah. I it had its own troubles to mm-hmm. to resolve, mm-hmm. but it is coming out of that as one of the strongest growth stories within the European region. Mm. It is uh, it is making very impressive um, developments and steps Mm -hmm. uh, towards economic growth and the the government and the broader market there is placing sustainability and technology Mm -hmm. at the heart of that economic development Mm -hmm. so infrastructure and real assets of course as being the backbone of a lot of the sectors and the growth that is taking that needs to take place Mm -hmm. um, is of course a very big area of, of investment and that makes a start uh, having a unique role to play. Mm-hmm. We, it's a market we know very well. Yep. Uh, it's, it, it is looking to invest a lot in infrastructure and real assets, mm-hmm. uh, people following the space maybe noticing that there are PPP tenders announced almost every other week in the country. <laughs> yes.
0: um, yep, yep.
1: And that's only way and beyond and above the private projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, with a significant focus specifically for sustainability and technology, digital mm-hmm. transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's how we see sustainability as well, right? That's how we see investment in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Assets that are capture both positive attributes when it comes to ESG, mm-hmm. but also are in line with the technological advances, because that's another area that we didn't touch on today. For us, it is actually part of sustainability. Mm -hmm. Um, In long-life assets like infrastructure, being uh, aware of technological developments Mm -hmm. is absolutely critical in creating resilient assets, correct? Absolutely. Assets that you can maximize the value out of it by better utilization, for example, right, Mm -hmm. and interaction. And maybe managing better on the operations and and the risk side. So uh, as a starter, we have always been placing both technology trends, understanding technology, not investing in technology, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding technology and understanding ESG at the Mm -hmm. core of how we look to build assets. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we feel that, therefore, there is a very uh, unique role to be played for us in the Greek Mm -hmm. market. And we will be very proud to be played, to play a role in the development of
0: that country, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Let's look a little bit further afield. You you have QAI Capital in Texas. Now, look, I'm going to be honest here and and no offense to the lovely people of Texas. Um, Austin happens to be one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world. But I don't really see the Lone Star State as an obvious venue for ESG investments. <laughs> Teresa, how do you square that circle?
1: <laughs> that's a, that, that's an excellent question. And I will not try to say that uh, Texas necessarily is at the heart of the ESG mm. discussions. In fact, probably anyone listening to us is aware of the developments in the broader United States, right, when it mm. comes to, 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 to ESG. Um, At the same time, I can say our selection of that investment goes at the heart of how we think. We found a partner and a team that Mm. that is doing the right thing, regardless of Mm -hmm. the terminology or the broader uh, uh, choice of words around it. Together, for example, uh, we are building a medical waste recycling facility. And that's a unique solution Mm -hmm. to a huge problem, medical waste. Houston, has the biggest medical center in the world. And there is no such solution so far. Everything is being landfilled. Mm. So we feel that we are, and this is a project that our partner, QAI Capital, has been developing for the last two years. It's a unique project, extremely interesting, both financially, but also as a solution, right? To Mm -hmm. the problem. And hopefully that shows to people that mm. it can be done in Houston as well, in Texas, mm-hmm. with the aspects mm-hmm. of sustainability as, as we define it. Um, and you can have impact, which is what awesome. we like to see.
0: And, and, and anything else you're doing on the ground there? that That, that is particularly interesting. You're going to say wind farms um. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Solar,
1: wind farm, digital assets. I mean, the, the, we call assets. the strategy adaptive infrastructure. In fact,
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: So infrastructure assets that are beyond of conventional and infrastructure or conventional energy into more decarbonization, digital energy transition, mm-hmm. um, and these are the type of uh, solutions we're investing. So another project we're investing in now, in fact, is a uh, fiber to the home
0: Okay. okay.
1: in Canada. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and hopefully we'll be doing much more. We are at the beginning of that relationship and back to our strategy is a relationship that we're looking to build and deploy over a billion half of, uh, in the next uh, years.
0: Now, there's a lot of FTTH going on out there, so <laughs> take your pick. Yeah, everyone wants a bit more of that. Um, let's drill down a bit further uh, into your uh, GP strat- stake strategy, Teresa. Can, can you tell us a bit about the benefits of partnering partnering with emerging managers? Actually, mm-hmm. and, and before that, can you please outline for the listener what do you mean by emerging managers?
1: Sure. Emerging managers is an increasingly attractive segment of the market for many investors. So a lot of the people in the, in the audience may be familiar and be following that. Mm-hmm. We define emerging managers as, team, as teams that have, broadly speaking, less than a billion of AUM mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so far, and mm-hmm. usually are in their fund one to three, maybe.
0: Yep. Okay, that's interesting. And, um, well, tell, tell us about uh, the GP stake yeah. strategy. Then,
1: um, For us, uh, the GP stakes is something that we include in our uh, real assets investments. So every investment we make is investment in the assets as in a traditional way, but we also have structured a, a GP stake mm-hmm. in, with a partner that uh, we're working with. Uh, That stake is the way that we formalize our relationship and approach around helping them build out their investment platform that I mentioned. We're doing a lot of work with them beyond just the initial investments. Mm -hmm. And this GP stake allows us, A, to formalize that relationship, Mm -hmm. implement the right working relationships, Mm -hmm. governance, but also, of course, our investors to participate in the success Of that relationship Mm -hmm. if we end up being successful. As the manager, as the GP goes on growing, developing their investment base, investor base, delivering performance, that GP stake Mm -hmm. allows us to participate in that success.
0: Okay. Do do you see yourself moving into any different set um is, is there anything you're keeping an eye on in mean, forestry agriculture these are sort of uh leading a bit of a trend that I personally I believe is going to evolve considerably over the years to come yeah. are there are there any other sectors out there that you think are sort of on the cusp yeah
1: we um the fund that we are investing now we call it sustainable real assets and in fact mm-hmm. it's specifically focused in meat market infrastructure and natural capital, we mentioned about natural capital, mm-hmm. uh, on the infrastructure space, energy transition. So hybrid assets, battery storage, uh, EV charging uh, infrastructure, right? It's mm-hmm. very much things we're looking into, uh, even newer fuels, mm-hmm. uh, helping the decarbonization of, mm-hmm. uh, across transportation, oh, uh, yes. maybe even the maritime industry, another area that there is very yes. little done so far, right? Yeah. With um, its own challenges. <laughs> um, as well as I mean we mentioned waste management as well and food security, so food mm-hmm. security is another place yes. um aquaculture, if I may say, is a spec is a sector that we're focusing on a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's
0: a challenging yeah. one
1: it is challenging you know aquaculture is interesting because we all agree on the massive volumes of protein required to
0: mm-hmm. you know to
1: continue supporting our lifestyle right and yeah. health and population growth. Um, fish is emerging as the most efficient way of producing protein before we go to worms (laughs) or other forms, right? A bit more alternative. Um, And therefore, we are looking a lot into how uh, building out capacity in that that space. So overall, I would say energy transition, waste management, and food security are the three areas outside of natural capital that we are focusing on.
0: Yes, and I'd rather eat fish than bugs, if I'm honest. Right? <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, uh, you mentioned um, the maritime industry there, and I was at a conference the other day, um, and it was mentioned there that um, the entire maritime industry, if it was classed as a country, would actually be the fifth most polluting country on the planet. Wow. Isn't that quite something? And uh, there's, really? al- there's already, uh, we, we gave an award um, earlier this week to Scanlines for having uh, created um, battery powered shipping. And also the, the special sail rotor thing that they did, um, you t- you'll have to read the story, I, uh, it's, it's rather clever, but it improves efficiency by about 25%, oh. amazing.
1: That's extremely interesting, and the developments and potential in that space is extremely. We are, as well, ourselves looking into uh, perhaps or hopefully our next uh, investment to announce Mm -hmm. um, an investment into a a platform specifically looking to address aspects of the maritime industry Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and decarbonization.
0: Mm. I also find it interesting that infrastructure funds are increasingly looking at technology. Mm-hmm. technology for technology's sake. that That is a truly fascinating development.
1: It is, and whoever is not doing it, they should really start it, start <laughs> looking into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because technology is evolving extremely fast. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not saying anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned it before. The infrastructure is about investing into assets that, A, have a very long life, right? 20, 30 years, maybe more. And Provide an essential service to its to society, correct? Therefore, have a tremendous, a significant impact on its ecosystem. If it's not built to capture or, in light of the technological advances that are taking place, meaning maximize connectivity aspects or um, efficiency, operational efficiency, right? Or, Or yield, then you're just investing. We're just investing in something that, in five years' time. We will need to restructure and find another solution. Yeah. And it's not that easy. Nope. If you have built a bridge, you cannot just rebuild it <laughs> in a few years' time, right? So it is extremely important for investors in infrastructure um, to make sure that um, they use, they apply the right technology. I'm not suggesting investing in new technological development, correct? But <laughs> it's more like a VC. Uh-huh. It's a different risk profile. Yep. It's a different type yep. of investment. Yep. But there are many technologies out there that are becoming established, Mm. are available, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. only improve, correct, Mm -hmm. real assets.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, Having said that, uh, the infrastructure purist is probably shuddering at the thought of it. But then, what the heck, Uh, I I think the, the mold has already been broken, so we might as well keep on going.
1: And everyone is li- now likes to talk about smart, right? Smart city, <laughs> smart infra, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, smart cities, that's something that makes my skin
0: crawl. Um, I, yeah, someone define that for me, please. Um, <laughs> okay, I think that brings us to a nice conclusion. Teresa, I would like to thank you for taking time to join us on InfraDig. Astarte, I think it's a really interesting organization. I do wish you the very best of luck
1: thank you so much and again thank you for inviting
0: me today not at all lovely to have you on for the listener thank you once again for joining us and i hope you found this to be interesting Uh, as usual i would encourage you to like share follow and run through the entire archive which is building up rather nicely for now all that is left is for me to hope sincerely that you found this to be anything but infradig